Lights, camera, action. Good, Tom and thank Luke. You. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, cheers, giving us some time. <laughs> happy to happy to do it. I mean, nice. like, kind of like as, as I emailed you, we've been going through all of our uh, like favorite comedies of our lifetime back to '94 and going through, and we've been talking about as many as possible. And good luck, Chuck's one that we've always thought hasn't perhaps had the appreciation that that, that we feel it should have. So no better person to speak to than uh, yourself, obviously. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I mean, when, when we were looking back, um, so I was on, on your IMDb and it says that your first kind of credited work is as an editor in uh, 1983 on things like Revenge of the Ninja, Rambo, Predator, The Last Boy Scout. How do you get involved in something as being an editor? Because it seems like something that, we wouldn't really know how the path to get into that kind of thing. Well, I came to uh, Hollywood um, wanting to be in the film business. It just so happened that uh, the first job that I was lucky enough to land was as a production assistant, a PA on a, on a movie. And on that movie, I was the guy who took the film to the lab and then brought the film, the work print from the lab to the editing rooms. So I got to know the other assistant editor and the editors on that film. And after we wrapped production, I just hung out in the editing room and worked for free for a while until they gave me a little money to stay there because they had two <laughs> editors and only one assistant. So they needed another assistant. So I became an assistant editor on the first film that I worked on. And I just stayed in the editing room then. I, I assisted on a few films and then I was working at Canon Films at the time and said, you know, I want to cut a feature. And they had me cut a trailer first and I did a good job on that. And so they gave me Revenge of the Ninja. And that was my first feature. So I, I saw like um, Rambo 2, I think it was, was like your, your second or uh, third film in. And are you as excited doing a film like that in the background as perhaps you would be going to see it in the cinema or that kind of thing? Because you're obviously integral to how the film plays out well uh yeah first of all it wasn't my second or third it was more like my fourth or fifth film. okay I, I did at least three films at canon maybe four and then uh yeah then i was lucky enough to join my good friend mark goldblatt uh another great editor and he was on rambo and he asked me to join him to co-edit and to us it was just another action movie at that point it first blood had come out it was a good movie but it wasn't a huge blockbuster or anything it was just a, a real good simple small movie now this was a lot larger budget and you know going back to vietnam all that there were a lot of, a lot of explosions <laughs> and a lot of action um so it was just another film but with a bigger budget, as far as I was concerned, we had no idea it was going to be such a huge, huge hit. I mean, even though it was Sylvester Stallone, it just, that film 
made at least five, 10 times more than what was expected. It just went, well, it, it went, the expression wasn't went viral back then, but it, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. Because we wondered like how much kind of uh, creative influence do, do you have as an editor? Do you work to almost like a brief of this is what we need done? Or do you get to kind of do maybe what you think looks and then you show that to the director, whoever it is, and that's how it plays out? Yeah, uh, when you're editing, you're editing during shooting. So okay. uh, every day you get the dailies and then once the scene is complete, you start cutting that scene and you put it together. So by the time the feature has wrapped shooting, um, a couple weeks later, you've got the entire film cut in, the, in its editorial, you know, the editor's cut. And so you have a lot of freedom as to how it comes together. Of course, then the director will come in and work with you and hone it down. Sometimes it'll be just the way that that director wants it. Other times it's like, eh, let's start over with that scene. That's not what I thought it would be. And you re-edit re it. You work together. So uh, initially you have, you know, complete control because you're the only one putting it together as an editor. But after, uh, after the director gets involved, then you're working as a team. That's a lot of power on a film like Rambo, I feel. Some of those oh, it was, it was a lot of fun. There was so much action, and I got to to make stuff blow up that didn't blow up in the, <laughs> the way they shot it. You know, I took an explosion from some other hut and and made the car explode and st just using the hut explosion. It's doing all kinds of uh, clever editing I mean, and printed stuff backwards and things like that just to make to make it as big as it was it was a lot of fun i mean we wanted yeah. to we wanted to blow shit up in that <laughs> you definitely did <laughs> i mean going on then to um the kind of directorial work good luck chuck good luck chuck the film that uh we love was being a director was that something that the whole time you, you've, you've wanted and had a passion to do or something that you kind of work towards uh i've i've always wanted to direct and I love directing. Uh, I also love editing, but I definitely worked for years and years trying to get a film to direct. Uh, it just so happened to end up being Good Luck Chuck after years of work. I found a script, I worked on the script, uh, completely reshaped it, and uh, was lucky enough to get a green light on it. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole story in itself. I, uh, this original script was more of a romantic comedy with sort of a PG-13 romantic comedy. Uh, but I had the idea of making it a hard R comedy <laughs> because at that time there weren't really hard R comedies. Now this is before uh, Superbad came out. I mean, this is yeah. before Superbad was even thought of. I was working on this script, trying to make it R-rated because I thought it was, would be funnier. So at that time, the, the film was at uh, New Line Cinema and I pitched my idea to them and they said, yeah, let's go for it. Um, and <laughs> the way I, I sold the film to them, I 
gave Toby Emmerich, who's the head of New Line Cinema, a book called A Thousand and One Dirtiest Words Ever. And so he was looking through, I said, this, you know, when you look through this book, you laugh because it's really funny. All these words are filthy and they're funny. So I, I, I want to sort of take that as a guide to how to juice up this movie and make it really R-rated. And I thought that would be really funny and sort of original at the time. So uh, that's what happened. Josh Stolberg, the writer, and I worked on it and, and came up with a real good script. But then New Line passed on the film and said, you, you're free to make it somewhere else. The next day, Lionsgate said, yeah, we'd like to make this film and we'd like to make it with oh, wow. Dane Cook because they had just done another comedy with Dane Cook, uh, Employee of the Month. Yeah. And he was hot at the time, you know, and so- He was knocking out of the park, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, all of a sudden, the next day, it was it was a go picture. And we just had to get the rest of the cast together and start shooting within a couple months, a few months, I think. I saw when I was doing some reading that at the time, uh, Dane Cook had just been put on Times most influential top 100 most influential people list. So he really was. He was on a run. He was riding. He was definitely riding high, and he was. He had the most followers on uh, social MySpace. media. Yeah, he, he was a ground setter that way. And then we always kind of look at the IMDb trivia, and we're never sure kind of uh, how much of that is accurate. And, they say that Jennifer Love Hewitt and Jennifer Lopez were considered for the role that eventually goes to Jessica Alba. Is there any truth in that? Or is it, again, people just putting names in there? There, There is no truth to that. <laughs> I did meet with other actresses, but those two I did not meet with. No. Je Jennifer Lopez seems to be linked with every job we've, uh, every company we've spoken about. <laughs> no, in fact, it was, it was Dane who ended up insisting that Jessica Alba do it. So I'm sure. Yeah. She, she was, uh, I'd met with a few actresses and they were all really good. And he was the guy who, who said, now nah, we got to do it with Alba. So. What, what was Dane Cook like to work with? Cause we obviously see the films. We've enjoyed the, the films that particularly in that run there with waiting employed a month and good luck Chuck. What, what was it like working with him on kind of such a big film? Because when you hear him, talk about this film it seems like you really kind of locked in and had the same vision for it oh absolutely yeah um he wanted to go all out for this film too uh and uh it was a blast shooting i mean that's it sounds like a cliche but it was true we were laughing every day we had so much fun shooting this movie and coming up with ideas even uh, on the set sometimes to embellish scenes. And he was game to do anything, obviously. I mean, just look <laughs> at the movie. He's, he's bare ass doing everything. So uh, he uh, he and I saw eye to eye, definitely. Um, we wanted to push the, the rating and we wanted to get in as many jokes, crude and otherwise as we could uh, to see what worked. Sorry, I was. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, okay. to go. Yeah, sorry. Um, 
we, you said obviously Dane was kind of easy to get on board with. You said he obviously does a lot in the film. Was was it so easy with Jessica as well? We were saying that we felt like up till then she had done more serious roles. This is one of her earlier comedy roles. Was it? Was she straight on board as well? She definitely was. She wanted to do a comedy very badly. She told me, mm. and uh, she. I thought she was really good in this movie, better than she had been because she has comic timing and she was willing to, you know, do some of the physical stuff, the clumsy stuff, which I thought came off really well. Um, yeah, she was game for almost anything. Yeah, because the, the joke is so often on her and I thought, you know, she's done, was it like Fantastic Four earlier that year? Yeah. So she's done some big films right. where... I was thinking, would she buy into it? That's great. The um, yeah, I I fought with that. Was that was her character supposed to be cursed as well? Because she seemed to have such bad luck that it was kind of it was alluded to, but never sort of put in stone that she, yeah, she also was once like hexed or something. I uh, I hadn't thought of that that she was hexed earlier. It no, seemed like she just had such bad luck. I thought, does anyone that she's really clumsy? That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, um, uh, that's how she was written. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think she was hexed. She was just a, an awfully clumsy and <laughs> definitely a penguin obsessed girl. Uh, and we took the penguin obsession to huge heights, you know. Yeah, when they get to a bedroom, bedroom think... everything, in, yeah. her bedroom, everything yeah. in her bedroom is penguin themed. <laughs> What's it like filming with uh, penguins? Because we've seen people film with dogs and other animals before. I can't imagine you can train a penguin too well, you would think, to star in a Hollywood film. Well, I found out working with the penguins that penguins smell really funky. Uh, and so they have this particular odor that's not very pleasant. So... That's that's the one main thing that I remember working with penguins. Um, and of course, we had a penguin trainer there, but the penguins could only do so many things. Like they could waddle to you or they could jump into the water and swim or go down the slide. We had them do that. And that's all we really needed them to do. Yeah. But those are real penguins um, in, in all those scenes in the aquarium there that we built that. That's a set. We actually oh, wow. built that in Edmonton, I think. And it was, uh, I don't know. I can't remember how many gallons of water we had to put in there, but it was a huge, a, a lot larger a penguin tank than is usually at uh, wherever they have penguins yeah. nowadays. <laughs> I, I guess you're lucky that um, with Jess Carolva, she's, clicked that easily with with the penguins because if she was kind of uh, terrified of them or didn't want to be with the apples then you'd have had a lot tougher time filming all of that <laughs> no she took to the penguins I mean, the penguins are cute uh, it's like i said you just gotta get they just stink smell <laughs> <laughs> you said about um dane cook being pretty much up for ever, anything and the the one scene that probably comes to mind with uh, Good Luck Chuck is is the the montage of him sleeping with all of the women and how how long did that take to film because it seems like you almost must have had like a conveyor belt of women just in front of Dane Cook. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was uh, filmed over the course of the entire 
picture. We basically would get a day's work done and then add a sex scene at, as dessert. <laughs> <laughs> so, because uh, they were all in different locations and and you know, with different women, so they were one-offs. But we spread it out throughout the the shoot. And was that very much it, it, it to guarantee? It was the task that Dane had to go through before he could leave the set. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> was that very much to, to guarantee that R rating as well? Because surely after you've had that extended scene there, there's no way you're getting any other rating. Uh, that's, well, that's for sure. You could, we had a lot of nudity and we knew that that would uh, also give us the R rating. Um, and to be fair, uh, my original cut of the film had less of the sex, less nudity. Um, in fact, the if you can find it, the original release is just regular, but then they put out this unrated version, which is yeah. only two minutes longer, but all <laughs> those two minutes, it's all sex. So uh, that, that's something that Lionsgate asked to do, they said, can we have an unrated cut? Put all the sex in, put all the nudity in. And so we did. And that's the one that they ended up putting out everywhere. I think that's the only one that's on Blu-ray. I know the, the cover over here had um, the, the grapefruits on the front of it. So I, I think that was on the poster there as well. So. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of designs uh, for posters. Uh, yeah. And then the one here in America was the most bland of all. I mean, just to, <laughs> yeah. it looks like a romantic comedy period. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, yeah, yeah. sweet PG romantic comedy, which I think that was probably a misstep uh, in trying to sell it that way. Because it, if you go into a movie and not know it's a, a raunchy sex comedy, it might not, you might not uh, react the right way. And I think a lot of people did do that. I was, I was reading up on some uh, like interviews of, for when the film came out and it was usually Dane Cook and Jess Crowder together. And there's one where I think Jess Crowder described it as basically porn. And did, did that do anything to kind of the promo of the film? Because every other interview I saw, she was like speaking glowingly about it. I mean, that one, I guess, can go either way for how the movie is published. Who said that? Just Jessica Alba. There was Jessica one did? interview, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't read that, but um, I'm just, maybe that was her opinion of it. <laughs> <After she laughs> it, it. It seemed like to be in kind of the, the, the middle of the press run, because every other interview I saw her saying, it's brilliant, it's got something for everyone, and I didn't know if that was something that, maybe why the poster was toned down to make people think of it. Well, not the poster wasn't toned down in other countries. I mean, there, there were some posters that had condoms on it and all kinds of yeah. <laughs> real weird stuff. I, I had nothing to do with any of the promotion as far as the visual promotion of the film. That's something that the company does. Yeah. So if you uh, um, kind of Google good luck, Chuck, you're never far away from, reading this story about Dane Cook chipping his tooth uh, while filming. Was that as big of a... It wasn't Dane who chipped his tooth. Oh, wasn't it? It was, it was, no, it was Jessica. Oh, sorry. 
Yeah, no, he was with her. It's the scene where they're they're frantically making out yeah. in the hallway on the way to the bedroom when he finally decides it's safe to to be with her. <laughs> and uh, they are she's on him and he's smashing her left and yeah. right into the side of the hallway. And on one of those smashes, they were kissing and they smashed too hard and it chipped uh, Jessica's front tooth. Oh, she Jesus. Came out. So she had to go to the dentist the next morning and, and have her tooth completely repaired. So yeah, that was her battle <laughs> scar from uh, Good Luck Chuck. That's method acting, isn't it? I think they call that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. We saw Dan Fogler, if I'm saying the name right, has a, a great role in there as Stu. Mm. And we thought that that's one of the best things about comedies is you do have these paths for great side characters that you don't perhaps get in other genres where you're getting, say, sort of blockbuster actor at the time. So they don't really get the freedom to do that. And he, he was brilliant in his role. So I wondered if that's something that you'd written in, particularly for him. That, uh, that role was written before he was cast. I mean, uh, written that way. Uh, we were really fortunate enough to to find Dan and uh, and get him because I think he was a star on the rise right then. Um, yeah. And I think he's brilliant. And he went full out too. I mean, he didn't hold back uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, and um, and it's all in the movie too. Um, and he didn't do much ad-libbing that's all in the script right uh, <laughs> yeah he's, he's a great really character he's a lot of fun he was he was so low-key when we met him and even during the uh read-through where the cast gets around a table and they read the script he was very low-key delivering his lines and i was speaking to the producer after the read-through and i was going wow i hope dan like puts a little more energy in it when the cameras are rolling. And then uh, when we got to production and the cameras rolled, he was up a hundred percent. From the very first take, we were, we were laughing, you know, trying to not laugh out loud during the scenes because he was so good. Stick a grapefruit in front of him and he comes alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um. We were going to say about improvisation. You said that with being in the in the script. How much was there anything that didn't make the movie that you look back on now that was great to film or just narrowly missed out on the final cut? Uh, there's not that much. I was thinking about this just um, yesterday. I don't think there was much that we cut out of this movie. Um, looking back on the film, I haven't seen it for a while, but. Uh, when I did look at it a few years ago, there are things I wish I would have cut out. Uh, there's some things that I just, they're not funny nowadays. They may not have been funny at the time, but, um, and it's certainly not, I'm mean, certainly in the unrated version, which being an editor, I wanted it to be shorter. I didn't want it to be longer. So, uh, I like the shorter version and I would have even, I guess, preferred an even shorter version had I kept at it. 
the way we ended up with the cut that we did is we had one preview. When you do a, a film, you uh, show it to a preview audience to get a feeling yeah. on how it's going to be received, especially with comedies. Previews are very, very important because the filmmakers are sitting there listening to the laughs, hopefully. And if you yeah. don't get a laugh at a certain point for a certain joke, then you know that doesn't work. Or you might go back to the editing room and try to figure out how can we make it work. Uh, but we only had one preview, which I think in retrospect, uh, contractually, I had three and I should have taken them. But uh, this first preview was so good. The scores were huge and they laughed at everything. So we thought, okay, uh, the, <laughs> afterwards, the, all the executives came up and they were patting my bag and said, you, it's terrific, it's done, it's finished, <laughs> fantastic, you know, this, let's get this out. Uh, I wish I would have had more time to hone it down and take out some of the jokes that I sort of winced at, even though some people laughed, I thought, okay, they're laughing, I'll, I'll leave it in. But like I said, that's that's history and it is what it is and and it's out there i guess on a similar fashion is were there any other endings discussed for example does he have to like break the curse in a different way or maybe just doesn't break it full stop or was that always the ending you were going with uh well th this is the ending in the script as we shot it we didn't change it after the script was written i'm trying to remember if there was an original he always got the girl. Yeah. Uh, never an unhappy ending. There was never an unhappy ending. Not that I can recall. Yeah. Fair enough. I'd have to go back to the first draft when I came on board this film and see what it was like, but uh, I, I can't remember now. Yeah, fair enough. Just some other kind of points we had just from other things you've done. We saw that you worked as an editor on the first episode of Prison Break and directed an episode in season four. Is that common having different directors kind of doing different episodes like the way through? Uh, yeah, on 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 uh, series, you have a different director almost every episode. Okay. Uh, so I edited the pilot and I made it known that I would like to direct one of the episodes. Uh, and I would have directed an episode in one of the earlier seasons, but I was busy doing something. And I, I may, it may have been directing this movie. Um, so I got um, to direct an episode in, in season four, which was that great That must have been great fun. We, we said Prison Break is one of our favorite series ever. Yeah, it, it, I love it. And mm. directing television is so efficient and so much so much fun because it's so well-oiled. The machine is well-oiled. All the, the DP, the whole crew and the cast have been working together for a while, especially yeah. after the first season. Yeah. So when you come on as a director, it's a well-oiled machine. And all you have to do is be creative and pick, you know, how you want to shoot every scene and they can do it. You, you ask and it can be delivered. It's fantastic. I, I really, it's so different than doing a feature because 
for a feature film, most of these people are working together for the first time. Certainly the cast and, and the crew. It's, so it takes some time. It takes a week or two before it's, it's moving in sync with everybody. So um, you don't have that problem or growing pain with television because they've been working together the whole time. Having been like started as an editor, when you then go on as a director, is it tough to delegate to people to do the editing because you're so used to doing it yourself? And I imagine you've got your processes locked in that you kind of want to keep it all to yourself. Being a, an editor, I know the value of having an editor, having a, another point of view from the director because it's a collaborative art. Uh, I know that it's important to have somebody edit other than the director. That's what I believe. Uh, otherwise, it's too myopic, in my opinion. So uh, I was determined to have somebody else cut Good Luck Chuck, and I hired uh, Julia Wong, who I'd worked with on X-Men, and, and she was actually an assistant of mine years earlier, too, yeah. because we cut in a very similar style. So I knew I'd be able to work with her uh, very well and use shorthand, if you will, because she knew what I liked and and I knew what she would do and so forth. I saw that you're also, um, I think it was second unit director on The Final Destination. So what's that like directing a film like that compared to directing something like Good Luck Chuck, which is polar opposites, obviously. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's just less humor. <laughs> um, the stuff I directed on that was was action bits. Um, so it was, to me, uh, editing is editing and directing is directing. I mean, I, I'm sure people definitely have strengths, greater strengths in one genre than the other. But I've been fortunate enough to uh, edit all genres and it's just whatever the project is that sort of commands how you put it together. I think I feel the same way about directing. I, I feel that I can direct anything. It's, it's all determined by what the script is asking. Yeah. So I know I, and, and being able to know what you need in the edit, it makes, uh, me i think a more efficient director because i won't shoot things that i know won't end it up in the film yeah yeah do you have a preference to which you prefer doing the editing or the directing i i love them both uh i and i have to say it's i love directing because you're in control and i like answering all the questions that everybody brings to you. Um, so I hope I get to direct some more, but I love editing too, because really that's the final rewrite. You're putting together the film. Uh, you can take something that uh, was directed one way and it ends up being edited completely different because it ends up being that's, that's what works best. Yeah. So they're both very creative. Well, thank you for giving us so much of your time today. We really yeah, appreciate it.
Oh, my pleasure. I'm, I'm uh, curious, what, what parts of Good Luck Chuck do you like the best? The, the bit that always makes me laugh probably more than most is him, uh, I forget the name, uh, when the woman's lying down by the pool and he has to approach her knowing that uh, he's <laughs> going to go through scuffle. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think pretty so much anything involving Stu is just he's <laughs> a hilarious character. Yeah, Stu is Stu is great. I mean, and he's great in the Fantastic Beasts movies. I mean, he's yeah, he's fantastic. Dan is great. Agreed. Yep. Again, th thank you for your time. We, we really appreciate it, and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks nice very much. Thank Cheers. you. Okay.